Fellas, fellas, how's it going? My name's Austin Abbott. Welcome in. This is Fade Consensus Podcast. I got a nice button down on, fellas. Got some nice shorts. Adjusting my new watch as we speak, fellas. We're heading out to a uh, minor league baseball game later today. We're going to crush some beers, some wings, some hot dogs. Fellas, we have rankings dropping on Sunday, Sunday night. I'm talking dynasty rankings, redraft rankings, and rookie rankings. Rookie rankings I'm really excited for. What I'm probably gonna do is drop a link in my link tree of of all my rankings, right? So if you wanna click on it, everything's gonna be free. Just go to my Twitter, at AustinAbbottFF, and click the link tree little link. It's right in my Twitter bio, fellas. It's all free. It's all for you guys. And remember, this is going to be something that I change every single week, probably more like every single day, my rankings, right? Throughout the season, it's going to get hectic. It's going to fluctuate. It's going to change a lot. Fellas, today we're talking, we're going to be talking about some of the most valuable dynasty assets that are half the age of Tom Brady or younger, right? Tom Brady turned 44 on August 3rd, two days ago, or three days ago, rather, he just turned 44. So we're going to be talking about players that are 22 years or younger. And we're going to leave quarterbacks out of this because I just really like talking wide receivers and running backs. But fellas, we got one outlier. One outlier. His name is Kyle Pitts. He's the only tight end we're going to be talking about today. Kyle Pitts is literally 20 years old. He cannot drink an alcoholic beverage. I mean, like, that's a big L right there. I don't know if you want to knock him down in your rankings, but if you do, I'm okay with it straight up. Again, fellas, I got a game to get to really soon within about two hours. I might try and record one or two podcasts be- before I'm done. I, I don't know. I, m- I might try and do two podcasts today. Anyway, Kyle Pitts, six foot six, 245 fourth overall pick Atlanta Falcons. This kid was just an absolute monster at Florida. His workout metrics are disgusting. His workout metrics are top tier. He was 99th percentile for his his 40 yard dash time. He ran a 4.44, okay? His speed score ranked 98th percentile, burst score 79th percentile, and his catch radius was 85th percentile. That does not happen for a man that's 6'6", 245. They should not move that fast. There's something seriously wrong with Kyle Pitts. Dude broke out before the age of 20. I love the landing spot in Atlanta. Matt Ryan, for 10 years in a row, has thrown for over 4,000 passing yards. Going into the season, you can already guarantee a few things. One, Julio Jones being gone. That, that's huge, man. So many vacated targets. Two, Matt Ryan is always healthy, which is, which is a giant plus. Matt Ryan also is always throwing for a lot of passing yards. And three, the third thing that you can guarantee is there's already a vital role that is carved out, that has been carved out for Kyle Pitts. The only bad thing I have to say about Kyle Pitts is his number. He's number eight, and I just think that these wide receivers or these tight ends look terrible in single digits, man. Like, that's a college thing. Leave it in college. I see a lot of predictions for Kyle Pitts in terms of his receiving yards. A lot of people think he can do like 700, 800, 900 yards, right? And let's say he hits 750. Would you be happy with that? Because if he does that, right... You realize TJ Hawkinson was third amongst tight ends in receiving yards last season, and he only had 723 yards. So if Kyle Pitts has a 750-yard season, which which is extreme, extremely obtainable for him, right? 750 yards in 17 games, right? There's an additional game, but that would only be 44 yards a game. I mean, I think Kyle Pitts could very easily have 50 yards a game, and, and if he managed to do that, that would be 850 yards. Remember, last year, TJ Hawkinson was literally third in, in yards with 723. So so I think 850 is a very rational, very reasonable, obtainable number for Kyle Pitts this season. He, he, the fact that he's 6'6", man, with, with that type of speed and catch radius, I, I think there's no, there's no world 
where Kyle Pitts doesn't catch at least six touchdown passes, right? But like if he ended up with eight to ten touchdowns, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Calvin Ridley doesn't have the catch radius even close to this man, and Calvin Ridley had ten touchdown receptions as a rookie. And you got to realize how infatuated Atlanta is with this kid. They took him fourth overall. Tight ends don't get taken that early. Like, that doesn't happen. They took this man before Jamar Chase, the number one receiver in this class by, by a long shot. The draft caps there, the measurables, the college production, and soon to be the NFL production. Kyle Pitts is the all-time greatest tight end prospect. Prospect, keyword. All-time greatest tight end prospect that we have ever seen in the history of the NFL. I'd tell you where I rank him in my dynasty rankings, but I'm going to release that Sunday. I'm going to make you guys wait a few more days. Fellas, J.K. Dobbins, 22 years old. Pay attention right now. Look, J.K. Dobbins is very polarizing. You can say what you want, whether you like him, whether you don't like him. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that this is a number one running back on his roster, 22 years old. Per underdog fantasy, J.K. Dobbins is ranked as the 16th running back off the board. His overall ADP is 34, so that means you can get him in the fourth round, no problem. He, he's going mid four. You get him in the third round, no problem, but but you can get him in the fourth in, in a lot of leagues. I wouldn't be surprised if he fell to the late, to late 30s. So let me just say that J.K. Dobbins is by far the best running back on this roster. By by far, right? Not It's not even close. Fellas, you got to realize that, that he is kind of the epitome of boomer bust this season, and I say that because... If Baltimore sees that this kid's an alpha, because because he was super efficient last year, 6.0 yards per carry, this kid was just on a roll. When he was given the ball, I mean, it, it, it was game over, man. This kid took games over, literally. And my point is, if Baltimore sees, sees this again and continues, you know, to put him out on the field, give him the volume, he, I mean, you look at bust down Gus Edwards, he may never see the field again, man. Like, it could get ugly quick for him. It could be the J.K. Dobbins show. But at the same time, if that doesn't happen, who knows? All of a sudden, J.K. Dobbins' volume could could go down astronomically if he's not as efficient. Um, you got Lamar Jackson, obviously, who, who's going to be taking probably, I want to say, like 25% of running back touches. Since 2015, there's only been three running backs to have under 50% of the entire backfield touches and to also have a 6.0 yards per carry. Okay, so pay attention to those two numbers. Of those three, the three running backs are David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, and J.K. Dobbins. The following year, David Johnson went on to be RB1 in all of fantasy. The following year, Alvin Kamara went on to be RB3 in all of fantasy. I'm not saying J.K. Dobbins is going to be you know, a top three running back, but, but you see the trend. You see the pattern. It's because the teams gain trust in the running back. They realize this is, this is the alpha. They realize this kid is the real deal. That, that he's the best running back on their roster. So what do they do? The front office said, hey, let's utilize him more next season. And that's why David Johnson finishes the RB1 back in 2016. Kamara was RB3 back in 2018, I believe. And here we are in 2021. God only knows what's going to happen with J.K. Dobbins. But I'm just saying, fellas, I'm trying to paint the image, paint the picture for y'all. If you average these numbers out, it's expected that J.K. Dobbins has a 31% increase in terms of usage. And if that's actually true, if that actually happens, J.K. Dobbins is a smash. He is a steal this year. Is that going to happen? I personally don't think so. I, I don't think so, fellas. I don't think the volume is going to be just as crazy as we want it to be. I don't I don't think that J.K. Dobbins is going to be commanding 
like this outrageous type of workload and he should man he should rightfully so because this kid's that good I can guarantee you one thing though he's still going to be efficient he will get more volume and and if he does continue to get this type of projected volume that we just discussed he will be a steal at his current ADP 36th overall with all of that being said I am actually staying away from JK Dobbins in in redraft and dynasty great player love love him dynasty the thing that bothers me about him is he's not a dual threat. He's not going to get the passing work. Lamar has never completed more than 28 passes to a single running back in his entire career. And that's what worries me. That's what keeps him away from having league winning type upside, right? You look at guys like Derrick Henry. You look at guys like Josh Jacobs. I mean, these are these are great, great running backs, but they don't get the, the receptions, man. And that's what holds them back from being top tier like Dalvin Cook. Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey. That is what separates the men from the boys in fantasy football. J.K. Dobbins, he's a stud. I just wish he'd get more volume, man. I wish he was on a different roster. I wish Lamar would throw the ball to him more. I just want J.K. to get more touches. I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does, J.K. Dobbins is going to be a steal at his ADP. This is going to be a quick episode. We got three more players, then we're getting out of here. The next player I'm talking about, and he has a real chance, a real chance to be special, is T. Higgins. T. Higgins finished 14 games last year. In 13 of them, he had six-plus targets. When you think about year two breakout, you think of T. Higgins. He should be the first guy that comes to your mind. I'm starting to get really, really worried for Tyler Boyd. Uh, Jamar Chase, he's going to have his role carved out. But but Tyler Boyd, man, I'm starting to get worried about him. And, like, I mean, he's a good player. He's established. But if he fell off rather quickly, I wouldn't be surprised. Because these two young, these two big dogs, they're not going to look back once they take over, man. There's just so much to like about T. Higgins. The fact that he's 6'4", 216, giant target, giant red zone target, paired up with Joe Burrow. I mean, dude, right there, everything I just said is so appealing on paper. 22 years old, out of Clemson, and he had a breakout age of 18.6, 96th percentile. I just, that is literally unheard of. Joe Burrow missed half the year last season, and T. Higgins as a rookie still almost cracked 1,000 yards. And there were low-key a lot of cornerbacks that T. Higgins burned last year, man. You look at Marcus Peters out of Baltimore, one of the best in the game. He had 62 yards against him last year. That's on pace for a 1,000-yard season. I mean, dude, as a rookie in your fifth game in your career, going up against Marcus Peters and doing that, that's impressive, okay? I don't care what anyone says. That's impressive. The following week against Indianapolis, Rocky Sin covered him. He torched him for 125 yards. Dude, come on. Again, literally the following week, week seven against Cleveland, Denzel Ward got torched 71 yards. You want me to keep going down this list? Week 10 against Pittsburgh, Joe Hayden was covering him almost the entire game. He had 115 yards against Joe Hayden. I think a lot of people are overthinking it, man. They're seeing that the the Cincinnati Bengals just drafted Jamar Chase and they're getting worried. I get it. I understand it. But you got to remember that T. Higgins was drafted as the first pick in the second round. He was basically a first round pick, 34th overall, a 33rd overall last season. And I would imagine that the Bengals would have taken this kid even earlier if they could have, right? They had to use their first pick on Joe Burrow, obviously. And and, and I think that they nailed that. I love Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow's going to be very good for a very long time. And I think the same exact thing about T. Higgins. It's time to talk about the sixth overall pick, Jalen Waddell, 5'10", 182-pound Alabama product, speedster, you name it, whatever you want to say about Jalen Waddell. Unreal, 432 pro day, 40 time. Unreal, 96th percentile, unheard of. 
His college yards per reception ranked 93rd. Dude, he averaged 20 yards a catch. 20 yards a catch. I do get those Henry Rugg type vibes a little bit, which kind of bothers me. I'm not going to lie. But when I think of Jalen Waddell, I think he's just the epitome of electric. Like an electric type of player. He can score at any point of the game, any point of the field. He can take it to the house, any play. His ADP is very late. It's like 96th overall right now in underdog. And and that's fine with me, man. If you want to take a shot on a guy like this that, that, that has such a crazy high upside, super late. I'm talking like 10th round. Dude, if you want to, go for it. Absolutely go for it. I'm a big fan of this kid. I love Alabama products. And, and you know he's got good measurables. He's got unreal speed. He gets paired up with Tua. That's something I'm not super thrilled, super eager about, I should say. Right, like it makes me a little hesitant when it comes to drafting him. And I don't question him, man. I question can Tua support multiple good wide receivers? Because he does have some competition now with the additions of Will Fuller. You know, even Devontae Parker still. And low-key, Miles Gaskin caught so many passes last year, man, on a, on a per-game basis. But you got to think of one thing, and it's that Miami took this kid sixth overall for a reason. It's because they're going to utilize him like crazy. They're going to give him so many targets. They're going to give him a lot of volume. They want this kid to be the focal point of their offense. He's arguably the most talented player on the team. If he's to his favorite target by week eight, would I be surprised? Absolutely not. And it just seems like Devontae Parker and Will Fuller can never stay healthy recently, right? Devontae Parker's had one season in his entire career where he's been receiver 40 or better. One season. Will Fuller is coming off his best year ever. But he still finished as wide receiver 32, okay? So Fuller is heading into his sixth season, right? So you have you have Devontae Parker going to his seventh year, who's been wide receiver 40 or better one time. And then you have Will Fuller, who's been wide receiver 32 at best through his six seasons. So, so keep that in mind. Again, I always hit on contracts. Will Fuller, who's 27 years old, is only signed to a one-year deal. So he could be gone after this year. Devontae Parker, on the other hand, is still signed for, under contract for another three seasons. In a perfect world, he gets double covered, Will Fuller's gone in a year, and you watch this kid, Jalen Waddle, truly erupt, truly grow with Tua. That is a perfect world. Is that possible? 100%. 100%. Is that actually going to happen? I don't know, man. I don't know, fellas. But when you think Jalen Waddle, just keep these things in mind. Unbelievable draft cap, unbelievable talent, speed great great school that he played at in college at Alabama and and I like that he's paired up with a former teammate hey think of it like this man Jalen Waddle and Tua got four years to get things right they're 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 basically both under contract for another four years minimum so the more I dive into Jalen Waddle the more I realize that I like the more that's appealing this is a player that I like a lot more in dynasty than I do in redraft Fellas, final player we're talking about today, and he doesn't fit this list. We're going to go wild card, right? This isn't a quality dynasty player, half the age of Tom Brady. This is this is, this is is a uh, a dart throw, what I like to call. I want to talk about Kadarius Tony, 22-year-old, 6-foot, 195-pound Kadarius Tony, New York Giants, new shiny toy, fellas. First round, 20th overall, Kadarius Tony. Listen, burst score, 96th percentile. He ran a 4.38 at his pro day. That is an 86 percentile. Him and Kyle Pitts killed it together at Florida. Kadarius Toney just signed a four-year, $13.7 million contract with the New York Giants. $7.3 million signing bonus. $13.7 million guaranteed. So the Giants are paying this kid $3.5 million annually. 
they used their first pick on this kid, and they got an additional first-round pick next season because they made a trade with the Chicago Bears. When the Chicago Bears traded up to get Justin Fields, listen to this. I want to break down the Giants receiving court, okay? And right now, this very moment, August 6th, while Kadarius Toney doesn't seem like a great player, while he doesn't seem like a top-tier wide receiver because he's not, I just want to give you guys a vision, a path. I want to I want to show you how bad the Giants receiving core actually is and why there's a path for this kid to succeed. Darius Slayton, Dante Pettis, John Ross, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay. Take Kenny Galladay out of that list and you got a pile of garbage. Hot trash. Sterling Shepard is going to year six. He's never been better than wide receiver 28 and his contract is up after this season. I'm sorry, it's not up. The Giants have a potential out after this season, 2022. They would save a lot of money in dead, in dead cap space. And this is a move that I think the Giants will actually pursue. I think they'll actually take initiative and do this. Darius Slayton is under contract for two more seasons. Slayton was a fifth-round pick out of Auburn, and he has not been better than wide receiver 37. The hit rate for wide receivers who don't produce their first two seasons is, is crazy low. You can almost cut them because, because historically speaking, it, it is extremely rare for those receivers to hit. A perfect example, someone I hung on to for a long time because I believed in the prospect, I believed in their college resume, James Washington. But after his first two years, I, I was still hanging on to him. And, and here we are, man. I think he's going to year four now. And he, dude, he's just not it. He just, he's not going to work in the NFL. There are outliers every single year for every position, but more often than not, much more often than not, history repeats itself. So now that you guys completely understand that Sterling Shepard's a bum, John Ross is a bum, Darius Slayton's a bum, Dante Pettis is a bum, who does that leave in front of him? One player. His name is Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay, no Kenny Galladay slander. Kenny Galladay is actually a very good athlete, very good football player. But he's had a very strange career. He's been better than wide receiver 20 one time in his career. One one season. He's heading into his fifth year. Kenny Galladay is banged up at the moment. He's out two to three weeks. He should be good to go week one of the NFL season, 100%. He's going to be 28 in just a few months. So all of a sudden, this path for Kadarius Toney seems super, I don't want to say easy, but I should say rational, reasonable. It's obtainable. It's something that can seriously happen in one to two years. Personally, I'm not a fan of Kadarius Tony. I'm just breaking down why he can succeed. You, I just mentioned all those guys, Pettis, Slayton, Shepard, John Ross. All of these guys could be off the roster in one to two years. All of these guys have never produced in their entire career. All of these guys will not affect Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony, in my eyes, is already the clear two on this team. Say what you want about Evan Ingram, man. I, I'm not. I'm not an Evan Ingram guy, but. A banged-up Kenny Galladay, who's 28 years old, is the only thing standing in front of Kadarius Toney all of a sudden, right? And why can't... I mean, look, 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 look. It's real simple. The Giants drafted this kid 20th overall for a reason. They want this kid to eat, to grow with Daniel Jones. That is why he was drafted, and that is what they hope he does, right? And I don't know how long Kenny Galladay will be a Giant for. I don't know. I don't know how healthy he can be. Historically speaking, Kenny Galladay hasn't been able to stay healthy. On average, Kenny Galladay misses 4.25 games a year. So Kenny Galladay is playing around 11 and a half games a season. Fellas, I'm getting out of here. I'm just saying Kadarius Tony's path is a lot clearer than you think. Don't be surprised a year, two years from today if this kid hits. But if he doesn't hit, hey, it's fantasy. He's a dart throw, like I said. Fellas, I got wings calling my name. I got to go drink a few beers with the boys. I'm getting out of here. My name's Austin Abbott. This is Fade Consensus Podcast. We're dropping episodes every single day, 5 a.m. I'm coming out my ranking Sunday. Fellas, I love y'all. I love y'all. Peace.